How many of you ever seen a guy just blow right through a stop sign? I mean, do you have that thought like, hello, didn't you see that red sign? Those four letters, S-T-O-P, how did you miss it? And I remember I was coming down uh, 50th Street, it was gonna turn left and head west on Avenue M, and it was just when they put those, the, the three-way stop signs up there, and I knew it was a new traffic um, area, and so I, I got to my, I stopped, and I was about ready to turn left, and I know this SUV coming towards me, and I'm thinking, okay, this person is not paying attention, and they're not realizing that they have a stop sign now. And wouldn't you know, that car was flying right through that intersection. About halfway through, I'm just kind of looking at that person. It was a female, wouldn't you know it. And wouldn't you know it, she was a blonde. And her eyes, because I was just staring at her, and I'm thinking, you are an idiot. And, and her eyes got connected with mine, and it was like this, <gasps> And then she, she went through the intersection, then she slammed down her brakes. And I'm thinking, a little bit late, lady. Now let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever gone through a stop sign before? Raise your hand. Now listen, before, wait, 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 wait. Now we want God to bless our outreach today, right? We want God's blessing upon the hunt, right? God's not gonna bless us if we lie. How many of you ever rolled through a stop sign because you were just, you know, just uh, not paying attention? Raise your hand. <laughs> All right. A lot of us, sometimes we just get distracted. You know those, that those signs and the stoplights and, and the speed limit, we're not going to talk about that. Um, the white lines on the road, those are man's laws to help us to live and drive safely. That's why they're there. They're not there for us to ignore them. How many of you ever drove like in a third world country? I, I mean, you, you, you know, they have all these signs, but no one pays attention to them. Uh, they're just, I think they're decoration uh, because no one pays attention to them. Even the mission, I don't listen. No, no one pays attention to these laws. But God places, man places these laws so that we have a little sense of order and, and safety in our community. Do you realize God has several laws in place in this world? And we need to be aware of them. I, I think of the law of, first of all, the law of gravity. I, I think we all understand that law, but you know, as a four-year-old young boy, I didn't understand that law of gravity. I didn't learn that in kindergarten. But I remember as a little boy, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of boys like to pick up rocks and throw rocks. I mean, you're like that, you just, whatever. And it doesn't even have to be rocks. It could be like your, your sister's toys. And just pick it up and just chuck them. Man, I just love it. I just love just messing up with my, messing my sisters around. You know, we're just like that. And I remember I was out in the backyard at my, at my house there in Chicago and picking up rocks and just throwing them, you know, maybe one or two miles down the road. And, uh, you know, just, just throwing those rocks as far as I possibly could. And then I had this idea. I wonder how high I could throw a rock. I just wonder, I wonder how high I could throw it. And, you know, I could see how far I could throw it. So I, I remember picking up a good-sized rock, and I threw it up in the air, and I watched that rock. And I said, man, that's a pretty good arm there. Probably the Chicago Cubs are going to hire me. And I'm watching that rock, and then I began to learn about the law of gravity. What goes up must come down. Now, I was four years old, five years old, and I probably wasn't the smartest kid on the block. 
Because I just stared looking at that rock. And that rock came directly down and hit me right on the top of the head. And, and blood was gushing down my head. And I go running into the house screaming and crying. And my mom said, what happened? I said, my sister hit me. You know? and, um, but that day, I learned the law of gravity. But then there's another law. Now, this one's pretty, you know, I'm not a scientist. And, um, but it's the law of the of thermodynamics, the second law. And here, this law teaches anything left to itself is going to decay. In other words, it's like this. It's like your dorm room (laughs) is the second law of thermodynamics. It's proving that's true. Some of your rooms are decaying right now. You don't have to do anything. It just decays. And, you know, if you're wondering about that, all we have to do as us older folks is just look at our high school graduation yearbook. And look how we look back in 1978. And I think when I graduated from uh, high school in 1978, bow ties were in. They were cool. Leisure suits. You don't even know what that is, but you do. (laughs) Those were cool, man. So I had my leisure suit. I had my big bow tie. I had my flowing long hair because it was in the 70s. I was cool. And I was young. I had pimples. You know, all those really cool stuff. You look at that picture and look at me now, and guess what? I haven't changed a bit. No, <laughs> I have decayed a lot. And you know, the Bible even talks about this. How many of you have, you've seen a yard that was overgrown with weeds? I mean, just weeds everywhere. You know, a yard left uh, to, to itself and no attention, what's going to happen? Those weeds are going to take over. That's that second law of thermodynamics. The Bible even talks about that in Proverbs chapter number 24. I went by the field of the slothful. And by the vineyard of a man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and needles. And it covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Here it is. A little sleep. A little slumber. A little folding of the hands to sleep. What caused that yard, that, 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 that vast land to be overgrown with weeds and the, and the wall broken down? Just a little bit of being careless. A little bit of being lazy. A little sleep, a little slumber. Then there's another law, the law of giving. The Bible talks about this in, in Luke chapter number 6, verse 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. But then it says, press down. Running over. I don't know about you, but when I go to McDonald's, I I don't go to McDonald's anymore, to be honest with you. But when I did go to McDonald's, I would always like to supersize it. The reason why is I love their fries. Now, their fries are not good for you. But I love their fries because they put a lot of salt on their fries. And, and, And I would always say supersize it. And then if I'm inside, you know, they'll kind of put it in there. Then I said, I'll say, ma'am, can you shake that for me? And they'll kind of look at you, what? I said, yeah, shake it. And when you shake it, guess what happens? Those fries get real close together and they fall down to the bottom. And then I said, put some more in now. And they kind of look at me and say, yeah, go ahead, put some more in. I said, I'm supersizing it. And so they'll put some more in. I said, shake it again. So they'll shake it. And I said, now fill it up. I want my money's worth, amen? And here the Bible says, here, here's God's law. You give and it shall be given unto you. 
Now, how many of you like that? How many of you like that law? And, and listen, God's law, you can't break God's law. I mean, God's law is truth. But then there's the law that we're going to talk about today. Now, this, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was, I was praying and thinking I had a whole different message I was going to bring this morning. Uh, but yesterday morning when I woke up, God just laid upon this simple truth. And it, it, it is simple. It is, it, it's almost embarrassing simple. And I was telling my wife about it this morning, and, and she says, well, you know what? It has a lot of handles to it. And sometimes we get overwhelmed with what's before us. And she said, you know what? Just make it simple. And here it is, the law of the harvest. Have your Bibles turn to John chapter 4, verse 35. The Bible says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto eternal life, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Here is a saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereupon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. Now we all realize that the seed in the word of God refers to God's word. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Aren't you thankful this morning for God's word? And listen, this is the seed. And this is the seed that we need to get planted in people's hearts throughout the Alamo Valley. And so this morning, what we're going to look at, we're going to look at five principles. Okay, five, listen, simple principles regarding the law of the harvest. Okay, five, five takeaways. And, and these principles will govern us, I hope, what we do today. First of all, number one, the first principle, there is no reaping if there has been no sowing. Now, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? There's going to be no reaping if there has been no sowing. I took, I'm not going to mention the, the, the college uh, student's name because I don't, don't want to embarrass the person. But we went out soul winning on, on Monday. And so I wanted to kind of gauge, I wonder how the college kids are doing. How are you all doing on the hunt? This is your day. Honestly, the church family really doesn't even know what's going on tomorrow night and Saturday. This is your event. So I asked that college student, I said, hey, how are you doing on your, I said, you have your prayer band. And he didn't have it on because I looked. I said, hey, you praying for the hunt. And then I asked, I said, hey, do you have anybody, do you have a family that has pre-registered for the hunt? Have you asked anybody, do you, you have a family coming? And the response was no. And then I asked again, I said, well, I, I'll ask another question. I said, have you been going out with that focus in mind? And the response came back with a, with a no. And then I asked, I said, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe his work schedule, maybe he's really busy, maybe he's got a lot of, you know, I'm thinking, I'm trying to be positive. 
And then I said, hey, have you heard guys talking in the dorm about, hey, I got this family coming. Hey, I signed one up today. I said, have you ever had any talk like that? Now, I said, I'm, ta- I'm talking like there's kind of momentum building. And his response was, no. Can I say this very plainly? There'll be no reaping if there's no sowing. There will be no reaping if there's no sowing. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Now I'm not here this morning to to beat you into the ground and make you feel terrible and like a loser. No, listen, but what I am saying is this. If we don't sow, we will not reap. Hey, that is the law of the harvest. Just like the law of gravity, what goes up must come down. That's like the law of giving. Give and it shall be given unto you. Listen, this law, we cannot, we, we cannot deviate from this law. We, we need to embrace this law and say, okay, Lord, we, 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 listen, we all, want to, we all want to harvest. But listen, if we're not sowing, we're not going to reap. The Bible says in Romans 10, 14, how then shall they hear on, uh, call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So then faith cometh by hearing, by hearing the word of God. Listen, we all like to reap. We we all like that. But listen, we must take time to sow. Number two, sowing sowing is essential for reaping. Noah, come up here for a minute. Foot fire. I got some seeds here. Snap peas. How many of you like those? I'm not, I'm not really of a, much of a green vegetable type of guy, but I love these snap peas. And if we wanted to have a harvest of snap peas, you know, if I gave you these seeds, and if you just stuck them in your pocket, and kind of just left it there, or if you left it in your car, Listen, you're not going to reap those snap peas. You've got to intentionally take those seeds and you have to plant them into the ground. You'll need to water that seed. The sunlight's going to hit that. You may have to cultivate the dirt, but you're gonna, it's labor intensive. You're going to have to work at that for you to reap a harvest. But if you keep those seeds in your pocket like that, listen, you're not going to have a harvest. And the same thing with each of us. If we have these tracks and if we have these hunk cards and if we don't sow these hunk cards into people's lives, listen, we will not have a harvest this coming weekend. And it's vitally important that each and every one of us sows the seed. Now listen, with some of you, I know some of you are sowing the seed because we do have families that are pre-registering. 
So I know some of you are doing it. But listen, it need, we, we need everyone to sow the seed. We can't just leave this up to one or two or, or 10 or 20 or 50 people or even 100 people. We need the whole student body to take the seed and to get it out into the fields. Sow, uh, sowing is essential for reaping. Psalms 126, verse 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bring his sheaves with him. Think about this. Regarding this, sowing is essential to reaping. Sowing, number one, is underneath this is, is labor intensive. It's not, listen, you're going to have to push away today. Some of you are going to have a temptation to go to Starbucks or go to Jamba Juice or go through the drive-thru and, and waste 30 minutes. And then you're going to go to the area and you're going to, you kind of just knock it out real quick and then disappear and come back at one o'clock. Now listen, if we're going to, if we're going to, I believe all of us would probably stand if I said, okay, if you want to see a harvest on Friday night and Saturday, stand. I'm sure probably 99.9 of you will stand. But it's not going to happen if we don't put forth that effort. So it's labor intensive. Sowing also requires patience. It may not be the first door. It may not be the second door. It may not be that you know, third conversation you have with somebody. But sowing requires patience. It requires a sense of steadfastness. I remember a family I was reaching out to, Randy and Tracy Willie. They lived over off of Avenue R and about 55th Street East in Palmdale. I met them in the service, and I, I said, hey, I'd like to come by and give you a visit. And, and Tracy's kind of nodding her head, and Willie was kind of like just a little bit nervous. And I got their address, so I went by on Saturday, and no one was home. So I went by on Saturday afternoon, no one was home. Went by Saturday night, no one was home. So the next week, I went by on Tuesday and, and tried to visit them. They weren't home. Went by on Saturday. And they were home, but they didn't answer the door. So I thought, well, you know, maybe they were just being lazy and had their pajamas on still. And so I thought I'd go by in the afternoon again. So I went by in the afternoon. This time I saw Randy in the backyard working in his yard. So I walked over where the fence was at and I said, hey, Randy, how you doing? And then he went behind the house. And he wouldn't come out. And I thought, wow, that was, that was weird. I mean, he saw me. We had eye contact. It was like, and he just wouldn't come out. You know, you, you know, you would probably think, okay, he's not interested. But like I said, remember I told you in the beginning, I wasn't, I'm not the smartest person on the block. So I went back the next week. This time, I'm driving my car, went to the house, no one's there. And I'm walking to my car, and I see him coming down the street in his car. And I thought, okay, I got him. He saw me, I saw him, I kind of went, he did a U-turn and left. And I think, man, he, either he doesn't want to deal with me or he's running from the Lord. So I went there on a Friday night. Knocked on the door. He opened up the door. And he said, oh, you got me. I said, I sure do. He says, come on in. 
So I went in, and I said, man, I thought you, you didn't want me to go. Ah, oh, he said, no. He said, man, when I went to that church and heard that preaching, God was just tugging on my heart. He said, I don't know what was going on. It just scared me. And every time you came by, I saw the notes, and I saw, I saw what I hid from you in the backyard. I said, I saw you. I said, I kind of thought you saw me. He said, I'm just scared. I don't understand all this. And we sat down in his living room, and I said, Randy, let me, let me explain this to you. I opened up God's word and to him and Tracy, his wife, and, and God just shined the truth to them. And Randy prayed and accepted Christ, and Tracy was already saved. And he began to tear up and cry, and he got up and gave me a big old hug. He said, thank you. Thank you for coming to me. Sowing requires intensity. It requires patience. Listen, it also requires courage. It requires courage. I think of those early believers in Acts chapter 4, verse 29, when they prayed, were they being threatened? When, you know, the persecution was hot and heavy upon them. In Acts 4, 29, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that may speak thy word. You know, maybe for some of you, what you need to do is, Lord, give me boldness today. Lord, help me not to be fearful, but help me to be filled with faith. Of course, sowing also involves faith. We're going to go out by faith today. But I hope you go out believing that God desires to use you this morning. He's like, well, okay, I'm just going to go through the, the motions. No, listen, I'm excited about today. Now, I, you know, the, the other day, I, you know, and I know I'm like, I'm 61 years old, and I'm thinking, I, I just can't go to a park and walk around and try to talk to kids, because that would be weird. You know, like, well, hey, what's that old man talking to my kids for over there? So I, you know, I got my son, and um, so I took my son, and we're just kind of walking around, and and a lot of you don't know Jared, but, but Jared's saying hi to everybody. I mean, he's talking to him. Hi, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. And he's got his mask on, and he's kind of mumbling. And everybody just says hi to us. And then I saw this family, a mom and two little boys. One boy was probably about 10 years old. The other one was about six or seven. And um, he, he, had a, he had a brand new bike. I can tell the, the wheels were just shining. You could just tell it wasn't even, didn't even hit the dirt yet. And I said, man, you got a beautiful looking bike there. I said, that's a mountain bike, isn't it? His eyes lit up and said, yeah. His mom said, yeah, it's brand new. I said, wow. Man, I wish I had a new mountain bike. I said, I rode my bike this morning, but I had a helmet on. You need to wear a helmet. I looked at his mom and said, always have a helmet on. So I started talking to this boy, this little boy, his name is Aiden, about, about his, his mountain bike. Boy, I tell you, he's so proud of it. Now listen, I love riding bikes, but that's not why I, talked. I stopped and talked to the kid. I started to talk to that kid because I wanted to talk to mom about the hunt. So I pulled the card out and I said, man, we have something coming up this weekend. I said, I'm sure your kids have been bound up and in the house and been ordered not to go outside because, you know, everything is going to fall apart. 
I said, listen, our church is putting on something that I believe your kids will love it. She took the car and began to look at it. She says, you know, I talked to my husband about that. So I, I, I get an email whenever anybody pre-registers for the hunt. So I was looking at my computer, man, throughout that day. I was seeing if they would sign up. I think it was Wednesday morning. I got up crazy early. So I got up and turned on my computer. I had looked at some emails. And I saw hunt register, hunt register, hunt register. Man, I was so excited. I'm looking at it. Open it up and see the names. And there it was, Aiden and Jaden. They signed up. Now listen, if a, 16, a 61-year-old old guy can get a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old to sign up for the hunt, I believe every single one of you can do the same. I believe every lady in this room can get somebody to sign up. Ladies? Amen. Go ahead. I'll help you. Ready, ladies? But ladies, listen. You're going to have to sew. You're going to have to ask. Listen, we, we, we all want to reap. But we got to sow. Number three, the third principle. Reaping can take place where you haven't sown, but someone else has. Look at John 4.38. I sent you. The I sent is to order one to, to go to a place appointed. I sent you to reap that whereupon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. I don't know about you, but that, that is exciting to me. That I could enter into someone else's labor. And, I, and I've seen that take place. You, you, know, you lead somebody to Christ, you kind of leave the house. You say, man, that was easy. That was easy. Or we would say, man, that person was what? Ready. They were ready. And listen, it's not because of us. It's not because of you. It's because someone else already did all the laboring. They did all the seed planting. They did all the watering. They did all the praying. We just kind of entered into their labors and God allowed us to see the harvest to come forth. I'll never forget this time. It was on a Friday. I went out soul winning. It was right before a staff meeting. And it's just one of those illustrations. I know I use it a lot, but it's just, it just was, it, it just, illustrates this point so clearly. I only had about 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes before our staff meeting. And so I said, I, I, you know, as I was driving to the area, I said, I'm thinking, I want to talk to somebody. I want to talk to somebody. So the first door I knocked on, I, as I was walking up, I heard noise inside, so I knew someone was there. So I knocked on the door. No one answered. So I thought, well, the TV's loud. I'll, I'll knock a little bit louder. No answer. So I rang the doorbell a couple times. No one answered. And I'm thinking, okay, I know someone's home. Now, don't do this, okay? I, I shouldn't have done this, but this is what I did. I kicked the door. Now, I shouldn't have done that, but I did. And that did it. Because I heard the footsteps. Who is it? John Getch. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> it's like, man, I was scared. I, I, I didn't. Lord Jesus, come quickly. You know, I'm thinking, what am I doing? I said, I'm Jerry from Lancaster Baptist Church. His countenance totally changed. He said, how'd you know? 
I said, no, what? <laughs> Come on in. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I should go in. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know if I should go in. I went in. He's come in the back. And I said, oh, no. Is my life insurance policy paid up? And I'm thinking, all these thoughts going through my mind. So I'm walking through this house. It's dark. And I probably shouldn't have went in, but I, I did. And we sat, and, and we sat in the, the, in, in his, on his couch. And there we looked up, and there he had this flat screen TV. And he says, you wouldn't believe it. I said, believe what? He says, I went to church Sunday. And when I left church that Sunday, he said, I was confused about what that guy was preaching about. And it's been bothering me all week long. And I just prayed just a few minutes ago, Lord, help me to find a, a Christian program that will help me to understand what that preacher was talking about. And I prayed that prayer and I turned on the TV and I'm going through all these different stations trying to find the answer. And they said, you knocked on my door to interrupt my search. And I said, sir. I am your answer to your prayer. You are? Yes. <laughs> he was ready. Went through the gospel. He prayed and accepted Christ as his Savior. And thank God for that. But here it is. I entered into someone else's labor. God was already preparing his heart for the message. Number four, reaping produces rejoicing. Hey, you know why some of you are not, you don't have the joy of the Lord? You know why? Because you haven't reaped lately. Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of fun things to do on campus and play different games. That's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. I have a great time riding my bike. I enjoy that. But listen, it does not compare to opening up God's living word and sharing it with, with somebody and seeing that light come on where they say, I understand that. Listen, there is, when you, when you weep, listen, that produces a joy within your heart. I'm not sure why people don't want to reap. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because maybe, you, you know, there's a, there's a spiritual coldness. I don't know if it's because maybe a, a spiritual callousness. Maybe it's because you're carnal. Or maybe it's just you're a little bit careless. But I pray that we would have a sense of compassion, that we would have a sense of commitment, that we would have a sense of courage to go out and tell somebody about what Jesus has done for them. Maybe we need to stir our own hearts up and say, yes, Lord, give me one. Help me to reach one for you today. Maybe we need to just kind of stir ourselves up and say, Lord, help me to accomplish that. Help me to get into your service of rescuing the perishing and caring for the dying. Lord, use me. Listen, there's weeping re, uh, produces rejoicing. And then number five and lastly, the harvest field is the world. 
Hey, listen, when we walk out these doors and whatever area of the valley you go to, that's the harvest field. Can I challenge you students, don't have this mindset. Well, I'm gonna take serving the Lord seriously once I graduate. Don't do that. Listen, we may not have tomorrow. We have today. Jesus told his disciples, lift up your eyes and look unto the fields, for they are white already unto the harvest. Today. I may not have tomorrow. You may not have tomorrow. That person we talk to may not have tomorrow. The Bible says our life is like a vapor. It appeareth and then poof, it vanisheth away. They'll step into eternity. That can happen. So as we think about these, the laws of the harvest, there's no reaping if there, if there has been no sowing. Sowing is essential for reaping. Reaping can take place where you haven't sown, but someone else has. And reaping produces rejoicing. And the harvest field is the world.